The shortest time anybody's ever found a vaccine against any disease that I'm familiar with is about seven years. The average time is 20. To be talking about a magic bullet coming in months, it borders on the absurd. People like myself and Tony Fauci are saying 18 months. A year to a year and a half. But there will be a trade-off. We'll have less safety testing than we typically would have. And so governments will have to decide, you know, do they indemnify the companies and really say, let's, let's go out with this. Where Chinese officials took samples over a year ago. And why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. Uh, honestly, I mean, that is just completely contrary to the science as well as common sense to think that you must wear a mask when you're in the middle of a desert, when you're in your car alone driving. History will record the faces of the public health expertise as some of the most sinful, egregious, epic failures in the history of public policy. It's been a complete epic failure and honestly, some people say a crime against humanity. Joining us now is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., chair of the board of Children's Health Defense and their senior prosecuting attorney as well. CDC is actually a vaccine company. CDC has a total budget of about $11 billion a year. So they're approving the vaccine. They're mandating for them for the public. They're buying them from these companies who they're friends with. And then they're, um, they're basically forcing million, 78 million people to take an untested product. CDC also owns patents and, the, and then collect royalties. And in fact, officials in those agencies who worked on the vaccines can also own part of the patent and collect royalties of up to $150,000 a year. Oh, every bottle of Gardasil that is sold, HHS is making money on it. They make tens of millions of dollars a year. So you have the regulatory agency actually making money by pushing, by mandating this vaccine to people and then collecting money on it and ignoring the health effects when people are injured. CDC is actually a vaccine company. CDC is actually a vaccine company. COVID-19 is the seventh coronavirus to strike mankind, and we've never found a vaccine for any of them. The shortest time anybody's ever found a vaccine against any disease that I'm familiar with is about seven years. The average time is 20. To be talking about a magic bullet coming in months, it borders on the absurd. People like myself and Tony Fauci are saying 18 months. A year to a year and a half. If everything went perfectly, we could do slightly better than that. But there will be a trade-off. We'll have less safety testing than we typically would have. And so governments will have to decide, you know, do they indemnify the companies and really say, let's, let's go out with this. Something that people should know about COVID-19 vaccines is they fall today under the PrEP Act, which came into being after 9-11 and after an anthrax scare. And this law gives virtually blanket liability protection. It's basically impossible to get any kind of compensation if you're injured. So people need to understand that if you take COVID-19 vaccines, you are absolutely on your own. In 1999, patents on coronavirus started showing up. In 2003, the Center for Disease Control saw the possibility of a gold strike. 
and that was the coronavirus outbreak that happened in Asia. They saw that a virus they knew could be easily manipulated was something that was very valuable, and in 2003, they sought to patent it. And they made sure that they controlled the proprietary rights to the disease, to the virus, and to its detection, and all of the measurement of it. We know that Anthony Fauci, that Ralph Barrick, that the Center for Disease Control, and the laundry list of people who wanted to take credit for inventing coronavirus, were at the hub of this story. From 2003 to 2018, they controlled 100% of the cash flow that built the empire around the industrial complex of coronavirus. The big loser is going to be the entire, here's, as a vaccinologist, here's what I'm going to say it really pisses me off, is that what, what is going to happen? I, I put out a post talking about what's going to happen to public trust. If it turns out that ivermectin is effective and safe and the vaccines have safety risks that have been hidden from us. Worse than any of the potential. Can I say to the Australian community that you should have faith in the vaccines? that you should remember that the consequences of the vaccines are worse than any of the potential side effects. Uh, and if you are eligible to make a booking, please do make a booking for your first dose and then continue with your second dose. That you should remember that the consequences of the vaccines are worse than any of the potential side effects. That you should remember that the consequences of the vaccines are worse. I, I am an emergency physician, but I'm also a Stanford University educated attorney. It is written clearly that this is an experimental agent. It's written in the law. The FDA application, they're currently called investigational status only, and investigational is defined as experimental. So legally, they are in an experimental status that has legal implications downstream in terms of ability to sue and compensation and all of that. In addition, it's very clear by long history of Nuremberg Code, Helsinki Declaration, and by federal code of regulations, that you can never pressure or coerce or duress, those are the words in the statute, anybody to take an experimental agent. We've known this since the Nazi era. I can't believe truly that we're having a conversation, any kind of mandates for experimental anything, because it's clearly against the law, it's against humanity, and this is well established all across the world for decades. We're not talking about a vaccine. This is not the measles vaccine. This is not the flu vaccine. This is an experimental investigational agent at this time. We might have a different conversation in two years from now. You know what else we haven't heard? We haven't heard that the VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, which is a vaccine adverse events reporting system, which is how doctors and patients are supposed to report any adverse events. Have you heard, maybe I'm, I'm sharing this with you for the first time. There's been about 500 deaths that are in time temporarily related to getting the vac the COVID experimental vaccine. Nobody is saying they're definitely from the vaccine, but this is the best that scientists can do in terms of kind of getting an early warning system. So this VAR system exists where people can call or make a complaint, oh, I think this was related to that. So we've had it for years and years. So for comparison's sake, for influenza, there have been about 20 VAERS deaths reported since September. There have been about 130, I think, or 150 influenza vaccines in that time. There have been almost 500 VAERS-associated deaths with the experimental COVID vaccines, over about 30 million vaccinations. That puts the COVID-19 experimental vaccine at an 80 times rate of influenza. Wow. And it's not written in any mainstream media. 
Am I saying that's definitely the cause? I'm saying it's worth looking at. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason why the CDC has not changed the recommendation. Vaccine is not like your normal flu vaccine. This is something very different. This is something brand new. This is something completely experimental on the human race. And it's not just about being a different vaccine. There are technologies that are being introduced with this vaccine that can change the way we live, who we are and what we are, and very quickly. Since Moderna is one of the front runners for the COVID-19 vaccine, um, you should know that Moderna was founded um, by a person from Harvard, Derek Rossi. And this researcher actually was successful in taking some modified RNA and being able to reprogram a stem cell in the body and change the function of the stem cell. He actually made it genetically modified, okay? So you can, he proved that you can genetically modify something by using modified RNA. So they founded the company Moderna on this concept. It's kind of a new kid on the block, okay? It's not been around that long. In fact, it hasn't even made any vaccine for a human before. It's made no medicine for a human before. This will be their first run. You must know that Moderna was in the news recently because it really fast-tracked. It's, it's like the other companies, it's fast-tracking the vaccine. It's going from phase one to phase two very, very quickly. In fact, it's gone from phase one to phase three and it's experiments from March of this year until currently. I mean, that is unbelievable. It usually takes five or six years. How are they able to do this with the safety and efficacy data that we need? Um, and I want you to know that in phase two, we only use between, they're only using between 30 and 45 humans. In Moderna's test study, they only used 45 humans. And with the, uh, the high dose vaccine group, they got 100% of those people got systemic side effects, 100. That's only in the short side effect profile. In the low dose vaccine, 80%, 80% got systemic side effects. Now we don't even know the long-term side effects from that. We would need a lot longer time, right? Maybe years. But we do know based on previous animal studies of using this technology that you're going to, ex you can expect possibly increase cancer rates, increase mutant genes, mutagenesis, also increase autoimmune reactions. For instance, in some of the ferret studies, they saw that when the ferret was introduced to the 
the virus that they were trying to protect the ferret from after the ferret got the vaccine, they actually had an exaggerated immune response. It actually hurt the ferret. They had more lung inflammation, more lung fluid, even some problems with their liver. It actually hurt them. They had a poorer response. Okay, so this, those are longer term reactions and that could be seen with this vaccine, but we don't know the data yet. So it's not without risk. He then quoted a second study in May 2020, Anthony Fauci did, that supported the use of remdesivir in the treatment of coronavirus. The Ebola study, by the way, was a lie. No one clicked the link to look at it. I did. This is the other study he mentioned. This was actually done by Gilead Sciences, who makes remdesivir. In early March 2020, they took 53 patients from Japan, Canada, and America who had COVID-19, and they put them on the drug for 10 days. What's the drug? Remdesivir. This is the maker of remdesivir's own trial study. Next slide, please. What did they find? Check this out. 23% in 10 days had serious adverse events. The most common serious adverse events were multiple organ dysfunction syndrome, which is defined as the number one cause of death in all ICUs, by the way. Second, septic shock, acute kidney failure, and hypotension. Look at the next part. 8% had to be discontinued because remdesivir treatment. It worsened or, pre or prevented, sorry, pre-existing kidney failure and multiple organ failure. 8% had to be taken off by days five because they were dying as a result of the poison of remdesivir. That's what they found from this study. As a result of these studies, they decided to actually push this on the masses. All of you, this was gonna be the drug choice. Why? Because it would actually make COVID-19 look more deadly than... Number two is the FDA, ready? This report, go back, you know, you look at the date. CBR plans, a division inside of the FDA. You'll see the FDA logo at the top. This is dated October 22nd, 2020. They were setting up how they were going to evaluate for injuries from vaccines being reported to the government. Once they started going out in December, this is in October, 25 slide presentation. Good luck finding this link now. I have it downloadable. I hope you got the QR code because I'll send you the whole document. Next one. This was slide 16. If you haven't seen any of my presentations, FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines. Look at the list of what they knew was going to start being reported to the government as a result of injuries from the coming vaccines. Disgustingly enough, this list, when the same organization, the FDA, two months later in December, created the fact sheets to go out with the vaccines to the entire American public, for each vaccine, they're supposed to list the health benefits and the risks associated with those vaccines. The FDA created these fact sheets. Do you know not one of these showed up on that list or on that fact sheet? I call this criminal. They knew it, but they didn't tell you. Just so you know, on this list, three on the side, on the right, two on the left are all related to blood clot disorders. They knew that two months before the shots came out. Look at the bottom right. I know I'm almost out of time. Bottom right, you have to be aware of this. This is what we know is coming from the shots. Don't even ignore on the right top. Isn't it odd that death isn't listed first? <laughs> Pregnancy and birth outcomes like miscarriages aren't a big deal or birth defects aren't a big deal. We'll list those on the second column. Bottom right, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. Does this say adults? 
Does it say teenagers? No, it says in children. The Mayo Clinic defines this condition or disease is a serious condition where multiple organs in a child will become severely inflamed and they can die from it, which includes inflammation of the brain, kidneys, spleen, gut, heart, eyes, all at once. Go to cdc.gov, type in MIS-C, which is that abbreviation. It's already been reported over 4,400 children have been reported with this, and over 40 children in America have died already. And they want to start pushing that on your children come September. I have a huge problem with these health agencies lying to you. It really was. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. Eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person. So eventually, there will be this digital immunity proof. The gut instincts get something's wrong. And I think the videos we've been sharing, putting out there, are giving people the technical base to understand why. And one of those technical bases is what is the immune system? So since we last spoke, we've put out a number of much more detailed videos on how the immune system works, but particularly using Cytosol, we've started looking at what we call mechanisms of action to further give people some knowledge and education and how these mechanisms work. So for example, we did a very powerful educational training um, event, uh, session on how vitamin D works. Foundational understanding, which is the real science, is that we live in a sea of microbes. I mean, there's 30 trillion microbes inside of me. There's 60 trillion, I mean, 30 trillion uh, viruses. There's about 60 trillion uh, uh, bacteria among my only 6 trillion cells. I'm a germ farm, okay? And around me is a germ farm, but I'm not dying. You're not dying. Most people don't die. The people that do die are the people who have a compromised immune system, have a significantly compromised immune system. Now that happens naturally as people age, the elderly, and there's things that they can do to boost up their immune system. It happens to those who don't take care of their health. It happens to those who have pre-existing conditions, and we've talked about it. In the letter I wrote to the president, I laid out you know, a very clear uh, understanding of four different of these groups, people who have COVID-19, the people who are immunosuppressed, the people who are in critical care, and the healthy people. And I proposed a way that how you, in a personalized way, support those people, with vitamin D and vitamin A and vitamin C and iodine, and you get the economy back to work, there's no reason to do this quarantining and this quote unquote, flattening the curve and social distancing as the only- How do they um, misuse PCR to estimate uh, all these so supposed free viral RNAs that may or may not be there? Uh, is um, I think misuse PCR is not quite I don't think you can misuse PCR. No, the results, the interpretation of it. See, if you if you if you can say, if 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 they wanted, if if they could find this virus in you at all, and with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts making you believe in the sort of Buddhist notion that everything is contained in everything else, right? I mean, because if you can amplify one single molecule up to a to something that you can really measure which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body, okay? So that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to, to claim that it's meaningful. It doesn't tell you that you're sick and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with 
really was going to hurt you or anything like that. That's why it's not the way to solve it. Die. I just want to be clear in terms of the definition of people dying of COVID. So the case definition is, is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if um, it technically, if, even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's- What's the name of this proposal? Yeah, so, so the name of this project is FunVax, which is the vaccine for religious fundamentalism. And you have a proposal already? The proposal uh, has just been submitted. But by spreading this virus, we're going to eliminate individuals from donning on a bomb vest and going into a market and blowing up the market. So our, our hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the VMAT2 gene and that by vaccinating them against this will eliminate this behavior the least. How would you suggest that this is going to be dispersed? Aerosol? Well, so, so the, the present uh, plan and the tests that we've done so far um, have used uh, uh, respiratory viruses uh, such as flu or, or uh, rhinoviruses and uh, we believe that that's a satisfactory way to get the exposure of the largest uh, part of the population. Most of us, of course, have, ha have been exposed to both of those viruses. And, and we're, we're quite confident that, that this will be a, a, a very successful uh, approach. That's helpful. If I get vaccinated, can I stop wearing a mask? CDC answer, nope. If I get vaccinated, will I be resistant to COVID? CDC answer, maybe, but probably not. If I get vaccinated, I won't be contagious to others, right? Answer, no. The vaccine does not stop transmission. If I get vaccinated, how long will the vaccine last? CDC answer, no one knows. Why? Because it's still in its experimental phases. If I get vaccinated, can I stop social distancing? No. So then what is the advantage of getting vaccinated? The answer from the CDC, hoping the virus won't kill you. Question, are you sure the vaccine won't injure or kill me? CDC answer, no guarantees. Question, if statistically the virus has a 99.97 survival rate, why should I get vaccinated? CDC answer, to protect others. Question, so if I get vaccinated, I can protect everyone around me, right? CDC answer, no. Question. If I experience adverse effects from the vaccine, am I entitled to be compensated by the manufacturer or the government? CDC answer, absolutely not. You see, the government and the vaccine manufacturers have 100% zero liability. Why? Because according to the CDC, it's an experimental drug.